Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. Consequence Podcast Network. people, Leo Phillips here with This Must Be The Gig, your little backstage pass to the world of live music. Each and every week we bring you fascinating conversations from the beating heart of the performance scene with some of the most exciting names on this gigantic big spongy globe. We talk passion, we talk first concerts, last concerts and everything in the Juicy Centre. Engineer Adam... Hello! Hello! Hi, hey, welcome to me. <laughs> I wanted to bring you in to talk about everything that was going on. I just didn't feel like it was right for me to introduce our guest alone today since we have both been taking and using all of our resources this right. week. Right, yeah, want to make helping... this about community. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. So we are all coming to terms with the new reality of a world dominated by COVID-19. Only one aspect of which is the temporary shutdown of all live music mm. and all touring. Yeah. So obviously with concerts and festivals being cancelled or postponed and fans and artists alike are really needing to band together and find new ways of supporting the musicians the teams, everyone involved in the circuitous world of performance and music and uh, every industry, obviously, but this is ours, and uh, find a whole new way of just getting by and paying rent. One good thing is that this Friday, I forgot to tell you. Oh, yes. It's a good place to probably talk about this. Bandcamp are starting an initiative to support musicians during the pandemic and they're going to be waiving all of their revenue share on all sales oh, this amazing. Friday, March 20th from midnight to midnight PST. So go read more at daily.bandcamp.com. That was and already such a great outlet to get the right amount of exactly. funding to artists and even more now going to them. That's that's a fantastic thing for them to do. Well, you don't ever expect people to do things like that. And uh, yeah, obviously it's absolutely. so touching when companies like that is ones that we love and support every day. They're putting their money where their mouth is in terms mm -hmm. of really caring about and supporting artists. And that's fantastic. And really listening to communities and what we need. Um, and you can also bet your cute ass that we are here 
for all of you. Can I say that? Yes, you can say that. Oh. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to go uncensored on this one. Okay. We, we are here however and whenever you need because we are a community and we can only thrive if we work together. And that's why we have created a nifty little infographic. Which we're sharing on our uh, social media outlets of every stripe. It's going to be a sort of breakdown of this episode, but also other resources about how... Uh, you can contribute to changing with the industry and making sure everybody is supported in this time of need. We compiled it in collaboration with our guest for this week, Zola Jesus. And you know, the situation is going to keep changing every single day. So if you have any information, ideas, anxieties that we haven't covered in this chat or in that graphic, be sure to reach out to us at thismustbethegig at gmail.com. We're, you know, thinking of all of you in this time and want to make sure you take care of yourself so we can all take care of each other. Mm -hmm. So it's a little guide to keep the music going for fans and for artists. And I wanted to thank Rudy Petri for the graphic assist, Ilana Butler for the insight and the care, and obviously our guest, Sola Jesus, for the perspective. And really just to gain insight into this brand new reality that I feel is constantly, we're just in this vortex of... Uh, headlines and uh, scaring tactics and panic I kind of just wanted to put in a call to to Nika who is Zola Jesus and and in this episode the very intuitive and caring artist shares her experience when she is suddenly unable to get onto the road and go and record her brand new album Uh, we also talk about the impact that change has on her livelihood, new outlets that can help temporarily replace the feeling that we all get from live music. It is irreplaceable, but it's certainly not something that is... It's not lost for good, certainly. These are things that can sort of stem the tide as we wait to get back to our normal. Yeah, and also how fans can best make a difference. You know, this doesn't need to be heavy. We have to keep hopeful and and just be sure to follow along with us on social media as we share our curated playlists. We highlight organizations that are making a difference for artists, for recording recording engineers, tour managers, merch table people. What are they called? Yeah, merch, merch assistants. Merch people. Merci. 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 And update exciting live stream concerts and so much more. Just remember that we're all in this together, even if we are six feet apart. <laughs> Which we are in the studio right Very now. Very much. Six feet apart from each other. But for now, we hope that the show can help you take your mind off the really bleak state of the world right now. I hope uh, everyone is staying safe and practicing social distancing during this global pandemic. Remember to go to www.who.int, the official World Health Organization website. It will quell and calm, qualm. A lot of your anxieties, I know it worked for us. We at This Must Be The Gig and Consequence of Sound are thinking of each and all of you. So please take care of yourselves and let's all take care of one another. Be sure to stick around for a new take on the live show of the week brought to you by StubHub. Be sure to wash those hands before and after listening. But let us not be delayed. This is me and Zola Jesus. Enjoy. I'm good. How are you? Well, no, I lie. I'm not good. I don't know why. Yeah, I know. 
I went into robot mode and was like, I'm good, thank you, how are you? Yeah. Well, I think we're good considering everything that's going on. I'm good considering everything that's going on, but right. yeah, it's absolute Fucking global chaos. Global chaos. I, I, I have like a tiny sniffle and I know it's because my allergies, I have, I have asthma, so my allergies are just like insane. Oh no. And I'm just trying to... I I feel like I've been I've been self isolating for over a week already because a friend is in Italy and she's been kind of very demanding and been warning me. Yeah. But I feel like I don't know if like inside I need to like clean my home because I you know, like with I know. All the dust and oh Okay, I feel a little guilty because I live in the woods, like Yeah. You know, but <laughs> so I used to like but I've you know I, I used to live in like downtown Seattle on like the 17th floor of a building, like oh no ability to get outside. Like that feeling, like having mm. to be self-isolated in mm. like a little cubicle space in a Oof. city is, is like really bad. <laughs> and so all my friends that live in New York, I'm really concerned for them because they're basically just, you know, they can't even do laundry, you know, they're, right. they're really without, without help or anything. Yeah. It's scary. Are you obviously then by proxy a homebody? Like you're obviously you work from home. You're a musician and an artist, so I yeah. suppose for you also, if somebody isn't used to it, I suppose it can be a little bit challenging. Like I've worked from home for ten years, not to like sound yeah. smug, but I certainly no, no, I'm the same. I yeah. like feel privileged that this is a possibility for me, and I didn't even like it didn't even blink when everybody said work from home. It didn't. It was a it was a second of me reading a tweet, and then I carried on. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I had to, I had to cancel plans and and aspects of my career on hold, but oh you know, I do again. I also feel like when I hear about my experiences of my friends that you know live in the city or you know have jobs like just seeing how this has really devastated people's daily life has just been horrible. So like I'm personally, yeah, I'm in the same boat where I feel really grateful, but it just makes me want to like, I'm like, okay, well then what can I do for those people that don't have that, you know, because this is something more than ever. This is a great, this is a great excuse to start practicing communal support and direct support and to really become like a collective like one collective thing, you know, organism, you know, and, and really work in that way. So absolutely. Because sometimes not to say that I'm a flighty person whatsoever. I feel like I'm almost too solid in my beliefs, <laughs> but I do have moments where I feel completely differently within a millisecond. So, yeah. and obviously I'm, I'm quite uh, an empath when it comes to just like I soak it in. So if I go on Twitter, I feel everything. Whereas if, like, Instagram, I feel like that's why I love Instagram stories because they just disappear. And then yep. somebody has a version of me and then it's gone until the next yeah. version that I create. So I feel like Twitter is so difficult, but luckily I don't, I don't, I feel like it's just one of those things where I'm just okay with not putting, it's also a vulnerability thing, of course, you know, totally, it's tied yeah. to, do you feel conscious and confident enough to put yourself out there and then put a stamp on it and know that it's going to live there forever. It's, it's a very daunting. Oh my gosh. You know, it's a yeah. very daunting. I don't know why no one, like there's a lot of people who I speak to about their relationship with Twitter. Like I have in the past for unrelated things and they really 
dismiss this idea that it's a big deal. And I kind of feel, again, the same feeling that I feel toward it. I feel, you know, like unheard. And uh, I don't know. It's just such a strange... Yeah. Like maybe I'm envious. I don't know. I'm I'm envious of you, actually. Your impact is really... I feel people do listen to you. And... Hmm. I don't know if you feel that way because I don't see your mentions or your DMs. Yeah, yeah. But I often would look to you if something is going on within the industry or in the world. And you often do provide a perspective that feels very dynamic in comparison to everyone else's. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Very true. I mean, you. That's sweet. It's very true. I feel like. I don't know. It's funny because you're saying now that you maybe don't feel like that, but it's certainly like, especially just because you stand up for what you believe in. And that's something that yeah. I envy in people in general, you know, I think that's the biggest thing that, well, I used to, first of all, I used to use Twitter probably the same way that you use Twitter, which is like very considered. Mm. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, this is a this is a rock solid tweet. Yeah. Like nothing. <laughs> there's nothing anyone can say about this. No grammar this is, problems. Yeah. yeah, it does not. And it does not engage in anything, you know, and there was something about that that was, you know, obviously more comforting, but it was so invulnerable that I felt like I wasn't allowing myself to, to connect with people in like an actually like productive way. It's like, cool, let me put out this statement to the world or let me have this like cryptic enigmatic you know post that doesn't really add anything to the conversation so i think that this is interesting especially because of the conversation that you know i kind of reached out to you about because i wonder about those musicians who are kind of like me in the way of i have other valves and other pockets of my life where i am vulnerable and a place mm-hmm. like online is really not it So I wonder for those artists who struggle, who've been told for years and years, get your online presence, get your brand together. And they just haven't yet. And now they are like shoved into this crippling, anxious hole of, I need to be online now. I I can't tour, I can't travel. Like I wonder what is happening to them now. Not to say that you are not feeling the exact same way. But no, but I, I know what you mean because, okay, well, yeah, this is, it's an interesting topic because I feel like I made a conscious decision to start engaging in social media in a more honest way. And that was really empowering because it, it was like a proof of concept where people could, people liked me, you know what I mean? I was like, at some point I was, I went through a lot of trauma the past couple of years and I was just like, you know what? I I don't want to hide behind this mysterious enigmatic shroud of aesthetic. Like there's, I have so much more to offer than just like being like this untouchable, like dark, whatever, like I, whatever, you know what I mean? Because you are sort of encouraged, especially as like a female musician to build this like brand of who you are. And you've got to be like, you know, and, and um and and to engage with people only insofar as you don't break that that wall between you and them and at some point that just wasn't personally working for me anymore like it felt like I felt like I was only able to flex like a 
5% of who I am as a person. And so I was just like, this is like a really, this is just like, I'm bored. I'm bored doing this. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not connective. It's more of like, uh, look, but don't touch. And and it's just, it's it's just not. Stra- oh, that's such a strange. It like gave me a little bit of a heart thump now. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you almost get pushed into that place, though, don't you? Especially when yeah. you don't want people to come too close, because if you are, and I'm not even saying like there's that binary of like introverted, extroverted. I don't think that's even in the conversation. But sometimes people do pierce too close. So you want yeah. to preserve some of who you are, I can imagine, as an artist or as anyone yeah. in, on a public public platform, yeah. which, you, which you are. Yeah, and, and in the beginning, I was really, really, well, I, I struggle with a lot of anxiety. And so I was really closed off. You know, I have like four different levels of names that just, you like, I didn't want anyone to know anything about me because I have a, um, a fear of exposure. Like, I feel like the more people it's kind of weird being a musician, but I have this deep childhood fear of like the more people that, that know that I exist, the more, um, the more vulnerable I become. Like, I was like, I just want to make, I just want as few people in the world to know who I am because I'm then at less at risk of being like invaded my privacy, misunderstood or taken advantage of like, or something. Maybe I need to stress it maybe for my own insecurities, but it doesn't appeal only to people who are shy or uh, quote unquote misogynistic tone of being weak or anything like that. It really can happen to very powerful people because of that. Like I feel like sometimes maybe because I don't know why I'm, it's resonating, but maybe because when I was younger, my parents were just of that kind of, you stand up for what you believe in, you put your hand up in class, you do yeah, the yeah. work, you're there for people, you're social in your brain and your heart and your values. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, by doing that, weirdly, I think it made me even more conscious <laughs> of yeah. things that people could then misunderstand or twist or I don't know. And I don't yeah, necessarily yeah. think there's a right or a wrong in how to be. It's just about navigating your, uh, sorry to sound like hippie, but your truth, right? Which is like, no, absolutely. We all, we all yeah. want, but I think, yeah. but especially in your position, your, your art is another vo- voice for you. So mm-hmm. your words can be one way. And that can be, you know, that can then influence and affect how somebody listens to your music do you believe mm-hmm. that whole thing of like the art and the artist cannot be separated in this day and age? It depends on what you're doing, I guess. For me, like I've, I've, as I've grown into more of who I am at my core, like when who I am as a musician is ripped away, when there's nothing left, it's just like you sitting in the woods and no one, you know, no one cares. Like, feeling more confident in that person inside of me has allowed me to be able to connect with my art and connect with the public in a way that's just, yeah, more vulnerable, but at the same time, more self-assured where it's like, look, these are the things I believe in. This is who I am. It's represented in my music. My music has always been a place where I can sort of express empathy and care and, Uh, love and you know it's it's dark music but it's more about moving through darkness and connecting you know and as like a very introverted person 
I I don't really like I get very uncomfortable speak like being around people but and but music is my way of connecting and so it's it's just m one of my tools in order to feel like I am a part of something bigger than myself you know in the same way that socializing helps you do yeah. so yeah. So when when and how does media or when did media almost become like this tangible thing for you since like a social media since like when when was that shift for you to be able to kind of promote your work um you know cuz I as I was saying I just love watching your the way that you are on there especially how directly and openly you organize mm -hmm. with other artists like there's no I find that it's that's hard to find. Not to say again that people aren't doing enough, but yeah, they are paving a certain narrative that I feel is very conducive, especially to now. Yeah, I, I started consciously using social media more vulnerably. I think like a couple of years ago because I was going through a lot in my life and learning a lot about myself, coming into who I am as a person. And feeling more empowered to use my voice in a way that reflected what I want out of the world. So, you know, it's really just as simple as, you know, seeing, first of all, let's, let's break it down to use the industry as an example. Seeing the music industry, okay, participating in the music industry, struggling, knowing that I'm, I'm successful. I have done this for you know, 10 years, I have, you know, made it into something that has lasted, that has sustained me, you know, but the industry, it's like every year it gets harder. And that's not my fault. Everyone that I talk to, every musician that I talk to thinks it's their fault. They're losing less fans. They're no longer relevant. They're, no one cares about them. Their music is getting worse. You know, when we internalize these things as artists, because our music is so important to our, our feeling of like how we feel about ourselves. Like, and I know, and I see that, I mean, it's a huge, it's the tragic flaw of the artist, right? Like, you know, whether or not your music su succeeds or your art succeeds, like that should not say anything about your value as a person, but lo and it behold, does. it does. it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it, you can't take that away from the artist's experience. But so I'm seeing all my friends and myself start to question, well, you know, maybe my music is too weird. Maybe it's too poppy. Maybe it's something's wrong with it. You know, what's wrong with me? And then it's like, wait a minute. We're all feeling this. Something is wrong with right, the it's system. Not, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. And so once I started realizing that, and then once I got Patreon, that changed everything because seeing my fan base come together and support me directly and engaging with them on a one-on-one -on -one level and, and forming friendships and bonds with these people. And this is exactly what I wanted from music all along. Music is a way, is my way of connecting with people because because socializing is hard for me. So I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. Like I just took out the middleman essentially and being able to feel encouraged and empowered by the people that actually care about what I'm doing is so much more empowering and enabling and just so much more effective 
than the music industry of being like, oh, I've got to get on that Spotify billboard on Times Square so people know who I am. So they listen to my music and then I become successful and then I'll know that I'm a good musician. It's like, I don't want to be on the Spotify billboard. I don't want to be on, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be doing ads. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be the face of the corporatized industry because those aren't the people I'm trying to connect with. I'm not trying to connect with corporations. I'm trying to connect with human beings. And so, you know, I think we'll, most of us want that. And um, we, so we need to rebuild an industry that prioritizes artists and the people that support the artists and not all the bullshit in between because those middlemen, they'll get into anything, anything that they can see that they can make a profit off of, they'll get into and get in the middle of, and then try to, you know, garnish your wages. Basically they're trying to take your wages from you and take the support. The fans are, are paying money thinking they're supporting you. They think that money is going to you, the artist. It's not right. There's no transparency in that at all. None. Which is why that, yeah. that's also again cause for reason why I wanted to have this conversation because all of the advice that I've seen popping up over the last week or so about how to help the artist, I feel like that entire idea needs to just be dismantled. The way that the business and capitalism works is <laughs> they rely on creatives. So without us, essentially, they are redundant so of yeah. course it's like a life force they're gonna suck everything they can totally and that's obviously unfortunate in a lot of cases you also have to earn a living you know yeah so that's why i think a lot of artists maybe don't say anything or maybe just they're just okay i don't know they they they're okay with living in that world and it's like an alternate reality you know yeah i mean i think I will say, I think that I'm speaking from a place of privilege because I do have Patreon mm -hmm. and I am a success. I am, you know, I'm successful in the fact that I've been doing this for 10 years and I can still manage to pay my bills with Patreon. But having that communal support is what makes me feel protected to be able to go fuck Spotify, fuck, right. fuck Apple, fuck Ro like whatever, fuck, like I, I like Ticketmaster. You know what I mean? Like these corporations that are getting in between things. Like I, I, I am protected. I am backed up by my fans, and so it makes me want to yell even louder because I'm just like, look, we don't want this, you know. And a lot of people before I had Patreon, I felt like I was, I had to be complicit in the system because that's the only way that I could survive. It's like gotta play this game, you know, because there's no other option for me. But once I realized that there, there is another option, and once I realized that we all feel this way, then it, it, it really empowered me to go, wait, let's just make our own industry over here. And, you know, let's just start, let's do our own thing. Let's start over because, you know, that is toxic, it's vampiric, as you said. It's like, you know, the corporatized music world and now with music streaming, it's just theft also i don't think anyone really realized but like i mean this is for a whole other conversation but they kept streaming from more disadvantaged countries because mm -hmm. they physically couldn't get there but then once they did it was like they spread but yeah. most so but it was again a classist thing it was an economical decision to keep it from those places because they knew that there's not enough people to to stream it to to get their money 
Yeah. So they 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 left it out of so many. I mean, Spotify in South Africa only arrived like I think it was like two years ago. Oh wow! I don't. I can't speak of, to fact. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. But I mean, there's a reason why. It's not that there's not wow. enough people. It's because they knew that by going there, it would use more of their resources. Yeah. You know, and that's that's cause for concern if a company is doing that. You know. And that's that yeah. for me is is really important. You've been advocating for Patreon, which is such a wonderful space for artists. I mean, you're now very near to your goal. Is wait, I mean, have you hit it yet? You're on six six. Well, you your goal is for six 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 Patreon. Well, my, you know, I'm always gonna have another goal. You, got, you always <laughs> okay, gotta good. keep keep the goal growing. But <laughs> no, I mean, I've I, I'm so I'm very content with where I am now. Like it's just enough for me to be able to pay my bills. Okay. And um, that is basically, you know, it's like to each according to their, you know, needs or whatever. You know, circumstances. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll I'll gladly take more. But I'm like, if I can just stay where I am right now, like it's very sustainable for me in like a really just really good way. Um, we are no one is immune to having to work with corporations or companies that are um, sus, <laughs> that are right. suspect because suspect. exactly at this point, our industry is, has been so dilapidated that the only source of income for people that, you know, other than music licensing and shows, which is just like a, the lottery basically, you know, yeah. Like you do have to make these decisions because the the corporations own most of the capital and at the same time when i'm upset about the music industry i'm also upset about systems of power right. and that is the biggest problem right now with the music industry and that is the biggest problem with our world our systems of power so when i'm attacking anybody anything whatever i am never attacking the vulnerable i'm always <laughs> you know it's like not that i want to attack anybody but the systems of power are so unbalanced and so exploitative and they're manipulating um, unwitting vulnerable people and trying to convince them that we need their power. We need their systems of power in order to survive. We don't. That's manipulation. They're manipulating us, whether it's, you know, corporations or, you know, billionaires or, you know, people in, in power. Yeah, and it makes you question your own value system as well, right? So like totally. in, the, in the strive, this the strive for authentic self, which again is like a thing that kind of only became popular a few years ago, the self-care industry, which again, yeah. they monetized. Like, look neoliberal. at what they did. Like, yeah. They took yoga. Goop. Yeah. <laughs> like, they took yoga something that is thousands of years old i know even kabbalah like something that's like a part of me like i'm jewish it's part of Mm -hmm. like my heritage they took it and they like i know they ruined it because obviously they had to monetize it like and again i i I totally agree with you you cannot be shouting at the you know the vulnerable and Mm -hmm. the you know the people because you have no idea what somebody went through So like the Patreon thing, you know, and how you're kind of, I don't know, creating this, not army, but you've got, you know, you organize with other artists. So your your sense of socialism in that that way is really strong. 
And yeah. that is own that is the only way through. Like, look at all the quotes that people are sharing. It's like from authors, you know, in this time. It's like authors who yeah. are who are saying just become one like we need to be together and it's like yeah. hey there's african proverbs that really span the lifetime where it says you know we should work together <laughs> like yeah there's like a reason why this that shit has been around for so long you can't just suddenly quote someone and like quote ayn rand or someone yeah. terrible like you can't it's like... completely oh my god don't even get me started this conversation <laughs> could be four hours long oh i know, like, I know. i'm watching the I, time don't worry i know <laughs> Pause the, the podcast. podcast. It is time to step away just momentarily from the conversation with Zola Jesus to share a little something Engineer Adam and I like to call the live show, show of, of the, the week. week. While in the past we would highlight one of the most exciting events that you can go to this week, that's not exactly something that we can offer right in this moment. So we wanted to share a different sort of update to keep us all connected in this new reality and look forward to some exciting things that are to come. Since we are locked inside our homes mm -hmm. and cannot and should not be going outside, the first event we want to share with you, very good news, Y Oak on Merge Records, one of our favorite labels in the world, have rescheduled their tour, have rescheduled their West Coast leg of their join tour to July. Why Oak are old friends, guests of the, of show, the show, way back in the day. So make yeah, sure we you repost uh, that. Oh yeah, that'd let's, be exciting. Share it with everybody. That. Yeah. Make sure that you head out to their show too. Mm -hmm. July is not that far away. It isn't. And this week we also wanted to highlight a performance that you can check out every single day for the foreseeable future. Whoa. Death Cab for Cuties. Ben Gibbard just announced his new Live from Home series, or Live from Home. Oh yeah. Both. Is it live from He's home living or live, live from home? He's living live. Uh, he'll be live streaming a performance from his home studio every day at 4 p.m. PST, which is, I believe, LA time. Correct. Which is, I believe, many, many hours behind Europe time. So I think that's probably next day, early morning. Is Let's it seven check. hours? Seven and hours difference from around. the UK, I would guess. Let me see if I'm right. No, LA is... Two, oh, maybe it's seven. Hey. hey. Look at Mr. Time Zone. So for LA time is... Then it would be 11 o'clock... Mathematics. ...at night in London. I mean, that's not a bad way to go to sleep. And it would be... What seven time in Australia? It would be 7 o'clock p.m. in New York... Six o'clock in Chicago. Are we just going through the time zones? I mean, this is great. Ben, this is captivating podcasting. Ben, you will thank us later. Yeah. So you can go and stream on YouTube and on Facebook. And he's promised to take requests. And there are maybe some digitally appearing special guests Ooh. arriving. So this is a perfect way to take a little pause in the midst of your jam-packed days. I can neither confirm nor deny that I am one of those special guests. <laughs> Uh, it's top secret imagine? it's top secret i cannot confirm or deny but i can picture you in like a bathrobe with like a towel mm -hmm. wrapped above your just contributing some long some hair. tenor sacks from <laughs> chicago all the way to ben gibb yeah that's great benny gibbs benny gibbu but you might Waning not oh, anyway sorry okay <laughs> sorry i'm i'm uh trying to be a happy. little punchy things are just so heavy yeah you might I'm not worried be, about uh, everyone. Not, you might not need or be able to get a ticket to Ben Gibbard's house. You can just stream it. But once things get back to normal, you can always get in on the excitement of any event out there with StubHub, 
via cosradio.lv slash StubHub. You can always head there to find the best selection of tickets to the hottest shows that are available. That's cosradio.lv slash StubHub. And while we're talking about important things to do while you're on the internet, always remember it's important to head to Apple Podcasts, to Stitcher, to Spotify, Mm -hmm. wherever you're listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. right this moment and subscribe, rate, and then review our show. Make it five stars. Tell everyone why you love it. It's very important to us and to all listeners that we can continue to get good shows out there to you. And also, this is the way the entire theme of this show and uh, today's episode more specifically is all about supporting one another. So if you're asking how you can support us, we don't have a Patreon. We are free for all. But please help support us and listen to our 91 plus episodes. Oh my goodness. Um, and you can subscribe at This Must Be The Gig on, as Adam said, Stitcher, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And we hope that it is helping in this very, very unusual and unpredictable time. Let us return to this week's interview, though. Back to me and Zola Jesus. Enjoy. But like, it drives me completely insane. Like, okay, I like to think about humans as animals a lot. And it illustrates, it illustrates everything you need to know. You know, it's like, okay, when you see like a pack, especially social animals, like wolves or whatever, or like, you know, like they work together. Animals work together in order to protect themselves, protect their young, protect their prey or, or, or to get their prey. And you know what I mean? Like, that's mutual aid. You know, if you read mutual aid, you know, Kropotkin goes down and goes, okay, you know, all of these species, this is how they work together in order to survive, in order to sustain, in order to procreate and evolve and to persist. And here, meanwhile, Americans, Americans mostly, and now through globalism, a lot of other countries have been poisoned by this, by this neoliberal capitalist, capitalist framework, which is like, survival of the fittest so whoever has the most money is the most fit to lead and it's like we're fighting each other it's that visual horrible ladder of like the yeah. people jumping over one another like you got to step on somebody else to get higher it's uh exactly it's yeah revolting it's so dystopic it's like makes, yeah yeah it's horrible like I think it's about horrible. it all the time but in terms of what's happening now with the pandemic and even just the communication around it how are you talking to your friends about making music because when you start with a discussion usually it's okay for somebody just to abandon a project or be at the first stages of something like do you feel that this is going to cause a sense of pressure to to create or a sense of pressure to not like how is it affecting or going to affect artists on that level uh well as we've seen like all tours have been canceled and if you know it which i'm sure you know enough about musicians to know that that's almost the only thing that they can rely on at this point is um making money through touring so with that it's just incredibly challenging like i'm not currently in that situation i'm in a different phase of artistry where i'm working on the record and i was about to go to la to record and i have yes, to now push it. back on my recording oh. so that's on pause my next album is on pause basically because the steps i need to take i can't take yet until they re- it requires other people right. so um 
so I guess in, in my experience, what I've done is to look at other people that are struggling and to, to have this time and feeling like I, as I am currently like safe because of Patreon, I'm in a safe zone that, um, I'm spending this time developing a website to help artists or musicians live stream and to collect all the live streams together so there can be a calendar so a fan can just go to this website yes, tell see me, who's live streaming the the... it's called choir yeah i'm working on it well it's something i've been thinking about for a long time um and it, it, it's oh man i could go into so much backstory about live streaming i mean i, I love wa- that like i don't know how much time yeah. you have we obviously got like a lot of ground because i'm gonna suck yeah, yeah. your brain as for as much <laughs> as i can because honestly there's like no one better to be talking about this sort of stuff to be honest i just don't want like the wrong you know like i don't need to yeah yeah i don't need to be talking to a major label artist right now and i don't want them in the news like oh cool coldplay put on a fucking home like he they i love coldplay but like cool you can afford to like sit in your nice fancy home and play on your piano like i know i saw that and i'm like (laughs) Like, fuck you and then john legend is now today it's like oh great guys like it's like cool good for you (laughs) whatever have fun have fun (laughs) You know, they're spreading and, you know, they're spreading joy with their music and their live stream. That's great. But and, and, and the thing with live stream is anyone can do it. But I feel like currently we need to be using it as a just a temporary substitute for the communal aspect and the, the supportive aspect of touring. So when I I've been thinking about making this for a while, what I really wanted to do was to create a cooperative uh, platform that would be like Twitch for musicians, but like not owned by, uh, like whatever Amazon or whatever they're owned by. Um, so, uh, that seemed to be really hard because hosting live streams is incredibly resource heavy. So, um, we're going to start baby steps cause I just want to get something up. Um, and I thought the, so I was like, okay, what's the best use of developing something new, putting something new out. What can, what would help musicians right now? And I thought if there was just like one centralized place that fans or whoever could go to look at a calendar, see who's live streaming that day, tune in, there's links to donate. There's Venmo, PayPal, Bandcamp, like, okay, you know, so like what you see. All of those. So wait, yeah. do you pay what you, it's like to your discretion. Currently, it's just so going it's like to donate. be, yeah, okay. this is step one. We have like, I'm working with Devin Welsh, she was uh, another musician. Yes, and this he was on the show. Web designer. Love yeah, him. Love him yeah, I love Devin. Yeah. Um, so Devin and then Eric Zuring, who is a um, a web designer, is doing all of the, the web development right now. And he's, it's just amazing. And, you know, so first it's just going to be basically the, the calendar where you can submit events submit links, and then we'll just kind of have a place where it's all aggregated. And then I want to have another aspect that, um, because live streaming can be really confusing if you want to do it, like if you want to run Ableton or run your music through your computer while you're live streaming, like there's just some technical stuff that's confusing. So will you have a sort of like how-to guide for both musician and the consumer? So you're kind of tackling both sides. Exactly, yeah. So then... Yeah, so then we're going to do a bunch of how-to guides for the musicians to help um, give them the information and resources they need in order to live stream. And then in the future, we have, like, 
just plans of, you know, making the website, just figuring out ways to make it even more helpful, more conducive to start doing ticketed things and um, just really letting it grow. And so we've been talking to other people as well to bring on that can help us expand. But I just wanted to get something up right now that will um, that will just help because this is just very chaotic. And a lot of musicians are like, what do we do? I just canceled the tour, you know? And so I think like having something instead of just doing like an impromptu live stream, having something that's scheduled that people can, you know, prepare for right, and like look forward to. Like yeah, YouTube, essentially. Totally. That's a, yeah. So that's just kind of what we're trying to, to figure out is first of all, how to use YouTube live or Twitch in order to live stream performances and then ways that you can generate income through that. And whether it's, asking people to donate or, you know, so I'm just trying to use what exists already and then build an infrastructure that just helps enable people to do that directly. more easily. Right. Directly. So it's not going through managers yeah. or teams or things like that. It's going directly to the artist or if it could funnel through teams, but it will land within their hands as opposed to being diluted. Exactly. And, and um, not like we're not, using payment pay, we're like we're not making it's a non-profit like right. it's, i want to just be like this open source service for musicians to be able to use um and then from there growing it growing it growing it want to start doing vr and stuff like that like very excited but um i want to make something that um is permanent you know what right. i mean exactly. not like so it's not just while covid's happening yeah like this is something that we've been working on for a long time because um mostly i was in inspired by finding new ways for musicians to generate income right. without needing a record label, without needing um, anything. And that if there could be a place where everything is, is flattened on the calendar and you could have Coldplay streaming at 9 p.m. and you know, you can do a jam session in your bedroom at 9.30 or you know what I mean? Like, and it all shows up and it just democratizes the live streaming landscape in a way that needs to be done. Well, so, I mean, yes, there's, yeah. There's definitely a need for it there. Also, if you think of, again, and this might sound like I'm like an emotional truism almost, but it isn't like there are disabled people and people who don't have the money to, exactly. to travel, which is why I hate people who like shit on live streams during festivals. It's like, what? well, if they're in another country, what? you know how do they get to america maybe they're in a country where their visas are banned or like there's no mm -hmm. empathy towards that idea so this certainly like i understand that there's there's a need for it but there's also i feel like that will as you said there's a longevity to it beyond this pandemic um mm -hmm. which i think again will change the way that you're approaching it which is a absolutely what kind of communication are you going to tell the artist? Like what sort of communication will you send to say like, Hey, these are my tips, you know, maybe like, do, or are you giving them any sort of rubric in terms of like the technical side of it? Or I don't know, even the emotional side of it, what sort of communication will you send through? To two other artists? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like just, I've been getting a lot of questions about, hey, 
or like a lot of people on the internet are like, hey, okay, tour's canceled. Maybe I can do a live stream. Does anyone, has anyone done that before? Does anyone know how to do it? Like <laughs> tons and tons and tons of people are saying that. And so right now um, I'm like, okay, well, let, let's build something for them, you know? So um, just giving them the tools and the resources they need to do that is step one. Step two, like, I'm just going to continue my, like, my, like, one woman, like, I don't know, or, like, you know, this, you know, grow the initiative against, like, the music industry, or the, like, the corporatized music industry. So, really, I really, 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 like, at the end of the day, just want other artists to feel empowered and enabled and feel like they, you know, they have skills that not everyone has, you know, music is a skill. It's an, it's, it's talent, it's beauty, it's, it's lifeblood, you know, but not everyone has that. And so, you know, these artists have an opportunity to spread that into, you know, with whatever they have, you know, whether they have a, a guitar, whether they have Ableton, whether they have like a, a little Casio keyboard, you know, just for, for people to, to, feel empowered that they can use what they have and, you know, be able to generate income through that. Or, you know what I mean? Or just like, like, for instance, my friend sent me a link, uh, to this, this woman in Detroit who is a harpist and I retweeted it and I donated to her because, you know, she said her name is Aya Simone. She lost over two grand in paid heart performances oh. due to all this, and so yeah, when she you put the money to it, it's just oh, horrible. Yeah, and it's like terrible. that's that's rent. That's like that's your life. That's your livelihood. That's your income. You know. And so she she posted a video of her playing harp, and it was just so beautiful, and it, it really filled my heart. I was like, of course I want to donate to this, you know. And so just spreading music, spreading love, spreading that, that ineffable feeling that music gives us and asking to be supported during a time when we need support. And it really just illuminates and, and reveals how important music and art is during a time like this and how our, our artists need to be supported. They need to be taken care of, you know, every day I feel grateful for the people that have chosen to support me and every day they make a they make a decision to continue to support me and, and every day to support others by by doing that exactly like exactly a, absolutely like it's, it's it's a it's an in, it's an enforceable way to again have that human collaboration like there's no yeah. way that you would then be able to be thinking or doing like you are without that and so people know that like they can see you know it's it's a clear cut line yeah, and and it's so it, it's so contagious. Talk about something that's highly contagious. Yeah, <laughs> giving, giving <laughs> and caring, compassion is contagious. Support is contagious. Mutual aid is contagious. When people give to me and I am humbled by it, I give to others and I am humbled by it. And then they hopefully are humbled by it and they give. Like. We need to be concentrating on that aspect of the coronavirus, not about, oh, you know, oh, this is just a flu that's only going to hurt some old people. Don't, right. don't get me started on that. But right. still, like, it. yeah, I know. yeah. yeah. We, we really need to use this as an opportunity to rebuild how we interact and engage with our neighbors and strangers and brothers and sisters. And you know what I mean? I mean like, it's been lurking this is an opportunity. underground, right? It's been lurking there. Yeah. Like people obviously 
who are anti-climate change and don't believe in it. It's like, look at what is happening. You know, exactly. look at, look how we have, you know, collected the troops and we, in, in just a month or two, look what's happened. You've reduced. It's like, look what happens when you work together. It's, it's literally yeah, yeah. a sign of the times of like, w yes, it was by force. And yes, it's unfortunately like I, my heart goes out to anybody and I panic daily about my family back home. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, when you collect and when you join forces, look what happened now. This is what happens. Like this happened to me because I was living on a, on a personal level. I was living in a, in a way that wasn't serving me anymore. And it was I could keep going, but it wasn't sustainable. You know, it was eventually going to hit a breaking point because it just wasn't working. You know, you outgrow things, you outgrow systems, you outgrow habits. And um, a catalyst happened in my life that broke that entire thing open and created that change for me. And so as I moved through that change going, why did this happen to me? I go, oh, it had to happen. I needed to grow. I needed to evolve, you know, and now that I put the pieces together, I see the lineage of the path. I'm seeing this happen on a global level right now. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I just got through this on myself. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, anyone see this? Like, this is happening on a global level now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's I almost feel like a little prepared. I'm like a little too prepared. So I'm like, oh, I just got through like a crazy like change in my life. And now we all have to go through this together. And you know what? This isn't catastrophe. This is catalyst. And this is, we have an opportunity to grow and get on that new path that will, that will allow humanity to persist and grow and evolve. But we just will not be able to do that with the path that we were on pre COVID COVID was the catalyst. And so, um, that's another reason why I'm doubling down into the things that I believe to be true about how people should treat each other, about how, what society should look like, right. because this is a time for change. And so if anyone is going to do anything right now, that, that, in, that, uh, you know, it's like live, live and create the world that you want to see. So, you know, right now we are about to live in rubble, create that, the world that you want to see now, now is the time because this is the time when everything is going to change and let's change it for the better. Right. And you've been stripped of, of your comforts, you know, you've been stripped of yeah. these things. So you are now down to, as you said, rubble, which is your, like the, the rawness of who you are. And people get to those points in varying ways. You know, you could sobriety helps mm -hmm. you get there. Any sort of grief, loss, anything mm -hmm. it can push you into that survival mode of like right i'm gonna look at my ports around me and see what's filling me what is mm -hmm. dangerous what is toxic and obviously that's putting people but unfortunately with artists getting so hit like i think it's one thing to say like oh the industry is really declining because of the economic state because of inflation because of climate you know there's a lot of because of because of because of now mm -hmm. it's like a standstill right so you've mm -hmm. got to mobilize in a way that has never really been done before so mm -hmm. what can people do to make an impact when with regards i mean obviously we'll go through the different points but like mm -hmm. i think a lot of people in addition to musicians uh 
are being hit now, right? I don't think it. I yeah. know technicians, venue employees, a lighting guy, a sound guy. I mean, I saw like an recording article, engineers, recording yeah. engineers, uh, merch, your merch person who's so perfect, you know, who's so needed yeah. for your tour, the tour, you know, the van driver, uh, you know, there's so many, even the researcher who's researching for a live TV show, you know, yeah. down to like tiny, tiny things. Obviously, they are affected by tour shutdowns. So what can yeah. people do to make an impact there? Like, how do we make sure that those people are not just be getting lost down the stream? I think the first most important step is to identify your situation personally. Go, what do I have to give? And then look outside of yourself. Who can I give this to? You know, we every single person needs to be doing that. What do I have to give? Who can I give it to? Because we are going to, this is the beginning stages of a potential societal collapse. And we will not get through this as a species. We will not get through this without mutual aid. And so that's really all I can recommend myself is, you know, I wish I had more prag pragmatic advice for, you know, what the merch guy can do because those people are struggling just as much as the musicians. And, you know, they, they always live behind the scenes, which makes what they do seem invisible. But when it's no longer there and no longer working for them, like they need to be visible as well, you know? So, so just more visibility. Maybe that's too, I don't know. Again, I don't think like this is not necessarily for us to solve it, but like maybe there's a sense of that the artist can, uh, you know, unveil their team yeah. and maybe yeah. offer a, a platform, whether it's that they'll stream, uh, you know, the, the funds through, they'll channel it through their, yeah. through the, through their side or just something which I'm sure artists are doing if they are able to, but maybe in some way, like even listing people and like putting up, a, you know, donation button yeah. or something where those people are getting some source of revenue, at least for the next two months. So yeah, like maybe like an artist just being more transparent about the team that they work with or something. I don't know if that's even possible. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, if step one is seeing what you have to give and then finding someone to give that to that is in your even you can start very directly in your direct life, because if you start doing that, if you see that your your friend who is a recording engineer is struggling, helping them in a way that you can they're going to feel empowered and feel more comfortable to help somebody else. Because what, just through my own experience, when I feel like somebody is looking out for me, I feel like I ha have more, um, I feel more comfortable and in, in to be able to give as well. Because I'm like, look, he's looking out for me. So then I'm going to look out for you. And then that person that I'm looking out for is going to look after someone. You know, that's really at the at the baseline what every single person needs to be doing. Yeah. And then at the macro level, maybe we should be creating a list that people can submit their information to what they do. I could even do that on choir where like, look, empty bottle, GoFundMe link, Lingua Ignata, here's her GoFundMe link. Uh, Randall Dunn needs recording work. Here's, you know, like I can make you a list of everyone currently that is suffering and that has asked for help. I think that would be awesome because, you know, a lot of people are tweeting or on Instagram story or something. Right. And, and this is exactly why I was like, okay, let's just make a website because, you know, 
you might have missed the tweet. Maybe you don't know this person. I didn't know this harpist that needed money, you know, or that had lost income. My friend forwarded that to me and I'm grateful for that. But if there could be a list, because everyone's saying, how can I help? Or I need help. Well, we need to centralize that. We need to organize, you know, it's all about organization. So, you know, doing that, I think would be really helpful. The comments that I've seen are like, oh, well, thank God that, you know, this is by fans. Thank God that tour is canceled. I've saved that money this month. And it's like, oh, yeah. oh no, you've budgeted for it. Let that artist keep that money. Like you budget, yeah. you know you could afford it. So just yeah. let it go. We budgeted, we budgeted <laughs> for, for that money too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and this is this is this just proves how interconnected we all are. And then when those things fall away, we see it. But we act, we you know, we're told that we're individuals and we are individuals, you yeah. know? We're Absolutely. we're each one part of a bigger organism. But when those parts fail, the whole thing gets faulty, right. you know? And so we really more, like, I, I'll just keep saying it. Got to keep making sure that we are, we remain interconnected and we help those that are vulnerable, whether it's the older people that are getting sick or the younger people that are losing their jobs. Like everybody needs help right now. Right. And so being negative, or being like, oh, this is a panic, or this is fear, or whatever, like, this is a media thing. It's like, don't care, whatever it is, it's a catalyst for change. So let's focus on that. Let's focus on making the world better than it was six months ago, because it has not been great. The world's not great anyway, so we might as well use this as a catalyst to make something better. Obviously, your Patreon is really helpful. So whoever has mm -hmm. a Patreon or doesn't, maybe to sign up. That's, yeah. that's maybe a good idea. And then you have a direct link to support you via PayPal as well. So that's absolutely. So that's another link. Yeah. Okay. And then that's, yeah, this is another thing that I'll quickly say. Musicians are stigmatized. They don't like to talk about money because they don't think that they deserve it because we need the, the fans to tell us we deserve it, whatever, you know, this goes back into our weird psychology as artists where we feel like we're not valuable. So we feel like we should just be grateful doing what we're doing and that, you know, if we get paid, that's great. However, I do think musicians need to kind of let go of that, you know, let go of that ego a little bit. Like I, I had to do it too. go look, this is my Venmo link. This is my cash app yeah, link. This is my PayPal. Don't like, Put it there. This is my band camp. This is where you can support me directly because people, fans actually want to support the artists. They really do. Like they just don't know how. And so, you know, we need to normalize giving people direct access to, um, to helping support us directly, you know, because without that, they're like, I don't know, should I just uh, I get so many questions. What's the best way to support an artist directly? Right. So many times people have asked me that because I speak up about this. Um, and the best way is to literally just send someone money. That's the best way. <laughs> That's the best way, especially right now, but you know, buying merch and stuff like that. But I think also artists of all kinds need to, we need to normalize and standardize um, you know, giving out that, that information, such as like donation links. Okay. So they can, so artists can obviously put direct links to PayPal, Venmo, uh, if they've set up a GoFundMe already and then yeah. obviously tell fans and people around them to go to Bandcamp to, to support yeah. directly to buy albums. Um, or their official web stores official, or yeah. So that's yeah. also something Patreon. 
yeah, official web stores, I think that's also something that kind of gets lost because then fans go to just general places thinking, oh, I'm buying the merch. So yeah. there, there's visibility because I'll be wearing it and then there's brand awareness. But the truth is like it actually needs to go directly to the artist. So maybe seeking out. And again, this is under the responsibility of the artist as well. Just like you said, like cut your yeah. ego and put your merch link, like <laughs> put it yeah, out yeah. there. Um, and then for for fans to maybe do a little bit of extra legwork, um, yeah, to to obviously withstanding their position at the moment. I don't I don't want to speak for anybody. Like people are going through a really tough time. So if you are able yeah. to go directly to the artist's website to buy merch or where, where wherever they sell their merch, if it's through their label, support the label. So Bandcamp is another PayPal, Venmo, Patreon. Um, and then obviously do you think percentage wise, what kind of increase or decrease have you seen in the numbers for, for Patreon patrons in the last few weeks? Have you felt like, like what, like have the sales in your store shifted a little, like how with, with, you know, with you being able to communicate properly, how, how have you seen any of that happen? Well, I'll, I'll start by saying, um, when this really when the emotions became very heightened around Corona, like especially when Trump made that announcement a couple days ago, um, I had a panic Wait, which attack. Which one? Which one? I know, right? <laughs> there was one. There was one like on Thursday or something yeah. last Thursday, and I had a I had a hysterical panic attack because um, I was just so confused and overwhelmed, and most of all, I was like, "We're all gonna lose our jobs." we're all going to lose our money, like everything. And so then I was expecting to wake up the next morning and have zero patrons and be like, okay, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for this moment <laughs> forever. You know, you just always wait when something is working. I'm just waiting for it to, to stop, to go away, to go yeah. away, to stop. Yeah. Uh, however, my, my patrons have increased and people have been asking how they can donate more to me. So the people have been sending me PayPal donations as well, which is just like, just, incredibly kind incredibly kind i just the response has just been unbearable kindness like and it really gives me a lot of hope and energy and when i saw that like again like i said i'm i'm just i'm fueled by people's compassion so when i see people being compassionate to me or to others it just makes me want to give more and and you know it, it just it's proof of concept it's proof that people are are innately kind, which I never I used to not think that, but right. <laughs> you know I'm I've grown up I've grown up I'm no longer uh, nihilist. Like, yeah, you're I know. Oh my god! I'm gonna this. start I'm gonna start wearing yellow or something. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, there is that color does not exist. <laughs> I know. Do in my in my house, no, yeah. <laughs> no yellow. Pause the podcast. Pause the podcast. Are you looking at a calendar full of great events but struggling to find tickets? StubHub's gotcha. Whatever your favorite band, team, or venue, StubHub is here to save the day with the best tickets for any budget. Whether you're looking for a seat at a Broadway show, tickets to the summer's big arena tour, or a night of cheering on your hometown team, StubHub has the seats you're looking for at the price you want to pay. Head to cosradio.lv StubHub or their user-friendly app to find tickets that are 100% guaranteed by FanProtect. 
StubHub's never sold out with the most shows, the most tickets, and the most fans. So head on over to cosradio.lv slash StubHub or the StubHub app. The best tickets to the best experiences in music, sports, and theater. That's cosradio.lv slash StubHub. Proportionately, yeah. do you feel like major label artists are seeing as much impact as indie artists? I obviously know the answer to this, but like just from your version, I think to any potential, you know, future listeners to this conversation, I feel like they don't, th- those lines are not so clear to them, how a major label it gets impacted yeah. versus an indie artist. Yeah, that's, it's different because... Uh, man, I don't. Uh, first of all, I don't know enough about major labels because I've never been on them. It depends on the level of the artist. Like there are, there are artists that are functionally, are probably like financially the same as an independent artist, but they're on a major label, so they just are like they're, they're more tied up in some ways. They're more part of a machine that. Um, but I, you know, my heart goes out to them as well because they're also struggling. They're just struggling under a different, Guys. under a different guys yeah but you know cold play you're fine yeah you're fine you got savings if you've got like a multi-million dollar house you're fine, you're fine. like you know yeah <laughs> I don't know I just I don't really I can't I I guess I'm I'm you know I'm very empathetic but you know if if you're cold play you're you're gonna be fine you don't you know one tour isn't gonna hurt you um but for anyone that's just doesn't have the stability, financial stability or security in their career, which is like 90% of musicians. Um, my heart goes out to all of them and they're all struggling the same, you know? Uh, yeah. But this yeah. might, and this might be common knowledge, obviously for some, but what kind of impact financially would say 1000 streams of one of your songs on Spotify make versus I mean, we all know the effect that direct bank camp or donation or PayPal or Patreon is, you know, versus Spotify. But like, how long does it even take for an artist to get paid? So even if we did sit around and like, even if I did literally go put on a Zola Jesus album, take my pup out for an hour walk, even if I did stream it for so long, what, what, like, why is that not going to be helpful? I mean, it might well, be helpful in the long run, but I don't ever know when you get paid for that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? that's a great question. Like, well, first of all, um, a lot of artists are given a record label advance, which they need to eventually pay for through the profits of the record. So once everything is, um, once all of the record label's expenses are, have been recuperated, then an artist will get, you know, 50% or whatever of the profit. Right. So it's like uh, a bank. It's like a bank. Loan. It's like a bank. Ugh. So there are a lot of people that probably are not even seeing those Spotify payments because of whatever reason or, um, but the short answer is things are usually paid quarterly. So we need to wait for the, you need to wait for the, your quarterly invoice from either your label or from your digital distribution service or whatever. And so you're not going to see that stuff. And if you do see it, it's going to be, I mean, at, I'm a couple hundred bucks at most. At most, yeah. At most, like never am I getting a sp- check from Spotify going like, 
Woo! Like, man. <laughs> I'm going partying. I'm a party. <laughs> I'm going to buy yeah, an This one's on me. This one's on me, guys. I got this round. You hold, hold your wallet. Don't take yeah, your yeah. wallet out your pocket. Just hold it. This is Oh, this my is God. If only half a cent per stream. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. Well, I mean, I think there was some sort of infographic going around the other day, which was like, okay, so we need to mobilize the troops. Start streaming your artists. And it was like oh. a whole list of like all the different streaming portals and how much they pay per song. And it was frightening. It's like yeah. Amazon versus Apple versus Spotify versus, you know, all the different ones. The only thing that the only people that should be doing that are people that can't afford to support artists directly because Spotify did democratize music accessibility. And so I do have, I do understand a lot of people can't pay for albums. Like they listen to more music than they can pay for, which is a different conversation. But, you know, I do think, look, if you're trying to help an artist right now and you yourself are struggling, then just like do an overnight stream. It's not going to hurt anybody. Like it'll, it'll give musicians at least something. And it's something that is, technically free to do you know so but i mean that's the same as like i'm sure the netflix conversation like how netflix probably is going to crumble soon because of the bandwidth that's needed like we just don't have the resources for the amount of internet connections that are happening and going to happen over the next eight weeks so they're gonna they're gonna have to either hike up their prices or something has to shift to make yeah. way i'm not that it's going to crumble because netflix will never die um, yeah but no but we're gonna see that's and that's interesting because i've been saying oh yeah netflix is the only company that's really going to stay afloat because people are going to be using it like crazy but you're right the resources to keep the bandwidth you know well, there's, there's an, only so yeah, much there's only so much that can go around and again people are again the rhetoric of america is the superpower or british you know the uk is a superpower what happens to those people that are stuck for example in south africa which is again the only reference point i can have because it's my it's who i am but they have load shedding and load shedding is when they just turn off the electricity because the there is not enough of it to power cities. So mm-hmm. there's a big conglomerate called ESCOM and they turn your electricity off four to five times a day. Now, this has been happening for years. It's very underreported. Obviously, everybody knows about it in South Africa. So can you... Is this happening everywhere or it, only Everywhere in... in South Africa. Everywhere. So you get wow. a schedule in the morning. Could be wrong. So like my mom will wake up. She'll know, okay, from 10 to 12, there's no electricity today. And you know what that means. Like no electricity is... I know, I know what that means. Yeah, yeah. The the effect is not only on the economy, so the economy has done a nosedive. But now when you throw in coronavirus and you are expected for people to be working from home, how do you combat load shedding when that person can physically not connect to the internet? So what are we... Like, what are you sending your thing via mail? Like, are you sending your, wow. your draft sheet if you're an accountant or you're working at an advertising agency? What do you, Yeah. you know, what do Man, you I've do? Gone, I've so, gone, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm just, like, really dumbfounded by that. Because I, I, I've yeah. gone days without electricity because I live in the woods. So when right. a tree falls or something, it takes a while to, to, to fix it. But, no, you know, even going a couple a hours without your fridge working, oh. like, that can be really dangerous for your food safety 
again people in informal settlements you don't have any electricity because there are there is electricity in some townships um but what, so then it goes dark and then you can't you can't call your boss that you can't get to work the impact is you can't fire up anything to to cook your own food uh, you know so yeah. the bare necessities of like human survival it's stripped from you so that's why what's happening back home is so dire and and I know that there's a lot of other countries who are who are suffering the same way that have load shedding in their own right or you yeah. know poverty level is just astronomical um so I'm also hoping to try like I don't know why I just want to do so much but I'm hoping to try I know me too together. no it's it's a completely like again that's why everybody who is like saying oh i feel so you know like this sucks i've got to stay in my apartment yeah for two. it's like hey you've got electricity you can still do your job it's it's just like a lack of um empathy towards just literally living beings it's yeah kind of devastating but yeah i don't even know wow. what i can do about that whole situation because i'm not there how long has that been going on oh my god load shedding I mean, we had it when we were younger in the 80s and 90s when I was growing up. I would get it like sporadically, but it didn't touch me because, again, my f- parents would probably like do something with us outside. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think. And again, I was in a point of privilege where I didn't notice as much. Yeah. Um, and well, I, you're, when you're I young, fully acknowledge it now. And also just the class system in South Africa, what it's going to potentially do. I feel like it's just, is it become there's, is it because there's too many people like the population is growing well, or the resources, It's or? the resources because they use their funding on like private firms. So there's like a monopoly. So they'll use uh, apparently like they just don't have, again, it's why they went through. I don't know if you heard about the water crisis. There was no rain for a long time. Mm-hmm. So South Africa had no water for like over a year, literally no, you, like you couldn't open the tap. So get again, out of there. Oh, I'm no. glad you got out of there. Oh no, I know it's, it's, <laughs> oh it's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. Oh, so now they got their, they replenished because there was beautiful rainfalls last year. Um, but yeah, you couldn't do, can you imagine the tourism industries and whoever's, you know, in the, yeah. most South Africans are in the hospitality industry. So that affected them, but they had water shortages as well as load shedding. So it was all affecting wow. it. Anyway, so that's like a whole other conversation, of course. But I, I wow. really, you have to mention it because people don't realize um, how much aid is actually needed. If uh, if that if 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 coronavirus does take over, which please God, they are doing everything to prevent it. Um, it, it will be, it will be there will be unheard of numbers there yeah. because of the spread that potential spread i don't even want to like i'm too scared to talk to any musicians back home like i I just give to i give to uh, however many places that i know of and labels and Mm. like have friends there but i I, yeah oh jeez. but anyway um okay so we've been chatting for ages but i do (laughs) so i sorry i do want to um i think one last thing which i think is also important just to quickly touch on is that so much of what happens in the culture of a city can get reflected, you know, through arts and music and nightlife and restaurants and bars and stuff like that. So now Mm -hmm. you were about to record. So what sort of archive, and maybe this is like a note 
to future to musicians who are like working on their music now to release in the future but what sort of archive are you digging into now to write your to write your music when obviously you you're a little different because you are in the woods yeah. Um, yeah but for artists who do use that um to reflect on what do you what do you think the impact is there you mean in terms of recording with other people recording with other people um also just being inspired by like having experiences you know yeah. i don't know what where artists draw things from um oh. which is unique so in fact i feel like this is going to be a creative renaissance because people are at home. They have to be isolated. They can't go out and party or go to a bar. There's not a lot of distraction. Um, I myself have a lot of creative energy right now just because of the nature of what's happening. Um, whether it's working on the site or working on, you know, I'm, I'm going to work on a little EP. I made a mix. Like I just have so much creative energy because I like, I'm nervous. And, and so I think that um, this is actually a, a really fantastic time for people to learn how to make music, for people to make something new, for people to make little projects, do things like collaborate, like remotely with people. I've been doing that as well. Like, you know, just starting to connect, find connection in any way you can right now. And um, I really think even though we're social distancing, this is not hikikomori. This is not we're like stuck in our little space and we're going to be completely socially isolated. You know, we we do have the the for those of us that have the privilege of using the internet, we have we still are connected. And so let's make use of that. Let's make use of this energy being at home, having a lot of the other life distractions on pause. And, you know, I, I find that this to be very inspiring and hopefully others can feel that as well. Like you know, we need, we need to just focus on, I think especially using creative energy at this time would be really cathartic and important because art is what sets the groundwork for a lot of change. And so the more people are, that are channeling that energy into something good and productive, that's going to be really healthy for us as a, as a humanity, really. I love that. Thank yeah. you. I, I think so. Yeah. Last, obviously, do you want to just like tell people who will be listening to this episode how they can support you and or any organizations that are dear to you and your heart? Yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah. I mean, for, for me, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Zola Jesus. Right now, it's kind of my headquarters for all support, but I also have a web store and um uh, if you go to my Twitter, I have a link tree, which, which has all of like the links that you can use to support me directly. Um, but generally speaking, there is so much that needs to be done. So many people need help right now and, um, much, much more than myself. And, um, if we can just focus on that, um, I, I wish I could think of some organizations and things well, like that. We but. Could add, so I was just thinking now I can add it like in the little description when, when the show goes live tomorrow on like, you know, when it like when you can stream it on like yeah. Overcast or Google Play or radio, or whatever, Stitcher. And then I can put it in that little description. Awesome. Hopefully the the website will be up by tomorrow. That's what we're shooting yes, for. Yes, I was so just going to ask you. Yeah. When, yeah. when Choir TV will launch. Yeah, hopefully tomorrow. I mean, we're just trying to get something up, like just that's serviceable for people. And then the features will be added um, on top of them later. So 
and then awesome. yeah and then let me know what else i can do i, I want to try oh, and help in any you. way um oh, no you've helped me you. so much like even just being able to contextualize this moment it's so hard to it's been cathartic talking to you about it so i appreciate I know, it too you. oh thank good you. i'm so glad yeah. and like honestly yeah. just being so open about it has really i think that there's uh, you've acknowledged some pain points of like you acknowledge exactly where you are and but you're also you know kind of uncompromising in terms of how people can help I think that's like the sweet spot you know that's like yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the way the change happens so I really action. appreciate it exactly action yeah this must be the gig is produced by Adam Kibble We'd like to thank Dean Berger and Daniel Brater for additional music, as well as the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey! If you've listened this far, why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too. For information on new episodes, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at TMBTGPod and generally just irritate everyone you know about the show. Thanks again, and I miss you already. During the holiday season, everyone's trying to get you to buy more stuff. Instead, head to StubHub so you can celebrate the season at a game or show. Take the whole family to the ballet, bang on the glass at a hockey game, or sing along with your favorite artist at a concert. Hey, we definitely count that as caroling. StubHub has the best selection of seats for all the holiday events you want to experience with your loved ones. And every ticket is 100% guaranteed. Get to StubHub.com or their user-friendly app today. StubHub. S-T-U-B-H-U-B. Be there. Consequence Podcast Network.